0: I'm going to do probably a four-session series that I'm calling Turn Up the Volume, and I want us to go on a journey of looking at our lives based on the loud noises coming in to our life that are affecting the noises coming out of our life, and if we were to look at it, what are the loud noises coming out of our life? If someone looks at you and thinks about you, what do they think of? What is the noise that's coming out of, the, out of your life right now? And I love the fact that we're a church that can see great potential in each other. And enough potential that we want to pull it out of each other. Every single one of you is incredible. Genuinely incredible. And I love that we create an environment where we can say, actually, yes, I am. I've been told long enough in my life that I'm not going to amount to much. But do you know what? Yes, you are. And as a family, we're going to pull it out of each other because God put those things in there. And it's our job to stir it up and get it out so we see it and flourish. That's what we want to see coming out of our life, isn't it? I read a quote earlier in the week, and it kind of stimulated me. And it said this. It said, life is too short. The world is too big. God's love is too great for me to live ordinary. Yeah? Let's not be ordinary. Let's be extraordinary people living extraordinary life which declared Jesus on earth. We can all do that. Turn around, look at someone in the eye and go, you are extraordinary. It's funny, you know, I've been on the stage for five minutes and I wonder whether you've had more positive things spoken into your life in the last five minutes than the rest of the week put together. But that's the world we live in. So come on, church, if you bump into each other outside of Sunday, say something encouraging to each other, pick each other up. We're in this life together, yeah? Awesome. I think it's worth, in times like this, just taking a pause to have a reflect on who you are, what your journey's been, and where you want to go. And I think we need to be intentional about that. Do you know, your life doesn't just happen, you have to live it on purpose. And isn't it good in an environment like this, where we get around God's word and we start saying, I'm going to be a bit intentional about who I'm going to be. Who do you want to be? And are you being that person? Because I know this, if left to our own devices, we will go with the flow. Because it's just easier to fit in, it just is. But God doesn't want us to fit in. God has put something special on the inside of you and he wants to get it out of you and fitting in isn't going to do it. You've got to be you, which means you won't fit in. But that's really cool because that means you're going to make a difference. And someone needs you not to fit in so that you can be a blessing to them so they can not fit in and be a blessing to someone else. Rather than just all being one great blobby person trying to all be the same, we're all different and it's good. So let's take a moment to stop and reflect and turn up the volume on what's influencing you. My title today is Turn Up the Volume. What are your influences? And I think it's really important at the start of this series of messages that we stop and think, who and what are influencing my life? And do we need to turn something down that's influencing our life so that something else can be turned up? Because the influences will still be there, but the louder something else gets, you end up not hearing it because it's overpowered by something else, which becomes the louder influence. Do you hear? Just you see what I've done there? That was clever, wasn't it? You see what I've done there? Uh, uh, uh. Thank you, Nathan. Round of applause for Nathan at the back. I saw all of the front row at the beginning of my message going, he's playing music, he's playing music, he's got it wrong, what's happening, what's happening? Nathan was sitting in the back going, yes, I am. I'm not going to fit in. (laughs) (laughs) But you see, you see, my noise was still there, but the louder noise takes over. And there are noises in your life which will always be there, but to you, what's going to be the loudest noise? Because it will impact you. And I believe whatever's impacting you most eventually will get in you and therefore come out of you. So what's that going to be? Because you need to live intentionally Don't drift anymore. Make this year count. How many people came to church, this church or any other church, in the beginning of the year? It's going to be the best year. This is your year. We all say it, and it could be, but only if we live intentionally. It's not just going to happen. I've done it before. Pray, God, give me the best year ever. God wants to give me the best year ever, but he wants to walk it out with me, which means I've got to do some stuff, and so have you. So let's be intentional this year. So if we're talking about what's influencing us, two keys are eyes and ears. What are we looking at? And what are we hearing? Because whether we like it or not, the noises coming into our life through our eyes and ears on a consistent basis are influencing us. How many of us, I wonder, watch things continually thinking they're not influencing us? You're kidding yourself. If you're watching something on a regular basis, if you're listening to something on a regular basis, if you're hearing the same thing on a regular basis, it's getting in you. And therefore, it will affect your judgment. It will affect your thinking. And eventually, it will affect where you're going. So you need to decide what's influencing me and am I happy with that? It's question time tonight. Get your thinking about who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? Matthew 13 verses 15 and 16 say this. Jesus speaking. For this people's heart has become calloused; they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn. And I would heal them. But blessed are you, um, but blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Now, the first group of people Jesus is talking about there—can they hear? Yes. Can they see? Yes. But they can't hear and see Jesus. And this is why I believe. Because things they've heard and seen in the past have caused them to make a life choice, a decision that's gone into their heart, which as they've come forward has now affected what they can hear and see now. And so although Jesus, the King of heaven, the creator of the universe, is standing right in front of them speaking, they can't hear him. They can hear him, but they can't hear him and it's because of what was influencing them back here. So if we were to apply that principle today, what is influencing you now that in five years' time is either gonna open your eyes or close your eyes to something important later? How about what has influenced you five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, which has changed the way you're listening and seeing now? Because things have. And I think it's our job today to wrestle through some of this stuff because you can all see and hear, but can you all see and hear? Do you get what I'm saying? And it's our choice. And I think we need to stop and pause for a minute and reflect, am I able to tune into the things that are important? Where do I wanna go? What's gonna help me get there? Who do I wanna be? Who do I need to be around to to be that kind of person? Rather than allowing things that have gone on in the past to stealing what's coming your way. It begs a whole load of questions. What do you need to give your attention to? What do you need to quieten down a little bit? What do you need to turn up so you can hear it more clearly? And I believe the gauge is this. Where is it taking you and what is the fruit? If you continually listen to a certain voice, sound, noise in your life, what is the fruit that's bringing? If you continually watch something, see something continually, what is the fruit, where is it taking you? We need to be asking those questions because we need to live extraordinary lives. I wonder if the loudest voice for you is the TV. I wonder if the loudest voice for you is the news. I wonder if the loudest voice for you is your peers. I wonder if the loudest voice for you is your parents. I wonder if the loudest voice for you is religion. I wonder if the loudest voice for you is your health report or your financial situation. There are voices in your loud and s- in your life, and some of them are very, very loud. The question is, what fruit is coming? None of those things is wrong, but how lu- loud are each of those things, and where is it taking you? We need to look, a bit reflective, but good reflection. So what are you seeing? You know some people say TV's bad. I don't mean TV's all bad it's what you choose to watch on TV on a regular basis. For me, I love programs like DIY SOS. You ever seen that one? Love that! How can you watch DIY SOS and not have a tear up? <laughs> I'm sitting there, Sarah has a little look at me, and I'm giving it one of them. No, I won't cry, I won't cry. <laughs> it's amazing. These people get together, and they build, they knock down properties and build new ones because they've got an awful situation going on, and they do it for free. And people in the community come together and rally around. What other themes coming out of that, what I'm watching, into my life? It's love, it's kindness, it's generosity, it's going the extra mile. The TV is actually feeding good things into my life, and that's helpful. You know, I, I've got really into Undercover Boss. Have anyone watch watched that? Yeah? daytime TV for you. I do sometimes prepare a sermon. Um, but you watch Undercover Boss and what happens is the boss goes into the into the workplace and they analyze what's happened and they get to know three or four people and along the way they'll ask them questions. And they find out about their life, and at the end of it all, they go, Oh, actually, I'm the CEO of the company. And they're like, Oh no, I said something really embarrassing. He's going, it's okay, it's okay. And then they just lavish them with outrageous stuff, buy them houses, and give them 50 grand, and buy them a car, and pay for their health care, and set their children. It's just like, Whoa! And you see, they go, That's amazing. Oh, I want to be able to do that. And so what it's feeding into me, the noise coming out of that is generosity, is kindness, is love. It's just like, it's feeding it into me. But how many of the things we watch are feeding revenge, are feeding gossip, are feeding hatred? And I would say it's lots of what's on TV. So the choice we have to make is, what do I want to consistently allow in? Because it is affecting me. The noise that is loudest in my life is the thing I'm tuning into the most. And therefore you say, it's not affecting me, but then you find yourself doing some of those things. And it doesn't mean you're not a good person, but it's taking you away from being an extraordinary person. What are the loudest voices? I've done a survey recently and, and been doing some research into pornography. And I think it's a huge topic now. Do you know, and I saw a survey of over 5,000 people, men and women, men and women, 5,000. Do you know that 77% of people use pornography? That's three quarters. And it's true in church too. And the trouble is in church, it's all like, oh, it's a bit embarrassing. But what's happening is the embarrassment is forcing it into the darkness. It's happening. It's having a voice and it's having an effect. But we're not allowed to talk about it because it's a bit embarrassing. I want to say, "shove that. Yeah, yeah. I want to say we've got to care about each other more than that, so that we get the voice back into that situation, which starts setting some people free. Yeah, yeah. Because what happens is and this is where I've done the research, and I may well do a whole presentation, on it. it's sort of kind of a weird one invite your friend to church and I start talking about pornography in it. <laughs> but you know what? it's affecting people, and it's affecting people negatively. What happens is this: People watch pornography, and it's addictive. It's like, oh, you know, I've, I've seen that scene, and oh, I could see this scene, and oh, I've just seen that scene. over. And you just, it perpetuates, and people watch it more and more and more, and it just gets a hold of you. And what's happening is, in your thought process, you're sending signals to your brain. And, and I've, I haven't got it set up for today, but maybe another time, or maybe it's not even appropriate for a Sunday. But the gist of it is that as you feed your brain, that the side of your brain that is being fed grows. So your brain actually changes shape. And there's probably some biomed students would be going, yeah, 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 I know, I know what he's talking about. You could give me all the real words. But your thought process are feeding your brain. And so the one side of your brain is shrinking because it's not getting fed, and the other side of your brain is getting bigger because it is getting fed. And because it's getting bigger, it wants to be fed more. And it changes shape. And so on this thing that I was watching by a, a Christian medical doctor, it showed three pictures of the brain. One was a healthy brain and it looked a certain shape. One was the brain of someone addicted to heroin, and it was a certain shape. And the next one was of a brain of someone addicted to pornography. And the one addicted to pornography and the one addicted to heroin were identical. And this is what they were saying. You would never go to a heroin addict and say, just stop taking it. Come on, just stop taking it. We all know that won't work. But what we say to people addicted to pornography is, just stop doing it. And the reality is they can't. Because something's gone on in their brain. But my Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so what we need to do is somewhere in it all support each other well enough that we stop feeding that, stop letting that be the loudest noise in our life and start feeding the good things in our life and it will transform the brain, can renew itself. And so therefore we stop letting that be the loud voice and taking it somewhere and actually let the good things be a loud voice and take us somewhere else. And we need to be good at this stuff because 77% of people are struggling with it. And I would suggest that 77% of the people in this room are probably struggling with it. So if you think, oh no, oh no, that's awkward, probably everyone else is thinking the same. But let's get beyond awkward and start winning. Because we can. I think this is the fruit of pornography. I think it's stealing intimacy. I think it's bringing disappointment to people's sex lives. I think it's bringing false expectation to people. And all of relationships are getting ruined. I think marriages are falling apart because of it. And yet here we are watching it again and again and again and again. And it's ruining stuff. And it's become this horrible loud voice. And if you're someone wrestling with that, and you may well be, there's no judgment here. I just just want you to win. I just want to set you up for a great relationship in the future. I want you to have a testimony. Actually, I came to church one day and it changed my life. Because otherwise we're just going with the flow and the loud voice is a negative one. I'll leave that hanging there because it's a bit awkward, isn't it? <laughs> Let's shift some stuff. Uh, Sarah and I, we, um, we have a nice home and Sarah looks after or I help play my part and we, we like to keep it nice. It's not a show home. We have two very active children, so it can never be a show home. <laughs> but we keep it tidy. I'd like to think if any of you turned it up at any given moment, we wouldn't be embarrassed unless Josh has just used the toilet. But uh, <laughs> but I'd like to think we wouldn't be... He's not in the room, so I've got away with it. <laughs> Good old papa at the back. But right now, for the past uh, just a little more than a week now, we've had uh, Frank, Betty, and Erica living with us. Erica's 10 months old, and uh, they've been having some work done in their flat, and so we offered uh, our spare room to them guys, and we would live with them. It's been great. So once we'd agreed they were going to come in, who knows that Sarah turned into this cleaning, frenzied woman. Because we were having guests. And, and if you stood still long enough, you got put in a cupboard. <laughs> and, um, and we have a clean home anyway, but when you've got guests, you want a super clean home, don't you? But who knows, the moment the three of them came in, you know, with their 10-month-old baby, it now looks like a bomb's hit it. But this is the great thing. Frank and Betty have been brilliant. They've helped, they've worked with us to keep the house clean. And it isn't perfect, but they're working with us to keep our house clean. And here's some truth for you. Our lives are a home for Jesus. And the trouble is, we start thinking about coming to church and we go on a cleaning frenzy. (laughs) Because we might meet Jesus tonight and I want to be in the right place. Who knows that if Frank and Betty had turned up and we hadn't cleaned, they wouldn't have been fussed. They were just happy for a home. Don't you know it's the same with Jesus? That he isn't coming in at any point to judge your life. He is coming in to work with you to create an environment that will flow. And so he's not about judging you. So if you're someone who has had loud voices in your life that have affected you negatively and you feel like you're not in a great place and you need to sort your life out, do you know what? That's the best place to invite Jesus in because he's not coming in and say, oh, your life's a bit messy, and it? Oh, that's a bit awkward. He's coming in and saying, do you know what? I love you and I want to walk with you and we'll clean this mess up so that you can flourish in life. And so Frank and Betty come in and our house isn't a show home. But we work together to create a place where we can flow and we do life. And that's where Jesus wants you to be. It isn't about looking at your life saying, I'm a mess. It isn't about looking at your life saying, oh, the loud voices in my life have brought me to this place and what am I going to do? Jesus wants to come in with power and help you change it. Because he loves you enough. Uh, I love this here in Luke 4 verses 18 and 19. Classic. Jesus, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus is anointed. He is empowered from heaven to go beyond what is naturally possible. So when you invite him into the midst of your struggle he's not just a nice guy coming in he is empowered to change it and so our question has to be this could jesus be a loud voice in our world because when you start gauging fruit when you start engaging direction what is it that jesus is bringing with him it's all the good stuff and yet we continually choose We continually choose to let the loud voices be other than Jesus. And I guess I want to be leading a church where we say, Come on, this is my life, this is it. Not a trial run, this is it. And I want to grab it at the scuff of the neck and choose who do I want to be. And sometimes, you know, we talk about disciples, discipling is sometimes tough got to stop watching that. I've got to stop listening to that because it's taking me somewhere I don't want to go. So I need to be strong enough. Christians, you know, got this weird thing where people think we're a bunch of namby pambies Who knows? It's tough to be a Christian. If you're going to live it and mean it, you've got to make some big life choices. But where you go with that is extraordinary. And it's like, oh, the amount of people, and I really get encouraged by it, the amount of people who hang around me and Sarah and go, oh, I love your relationship, I wish I had that. Don't you know, we've had to be disciplined to get what we've got? Especially Sarah. <laughs> but we've worked at it. And we've chosen things. And we've made sacrifices. Why? Because we decided where we wanted to go. And it's the same with life. Where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? And there's no right or wrong answer for that. But what is your answer? But I guarantee this, you'll end up in a better place with Jesus in the middle of it than you will without Jesus in the middle of it. And he is knocking at your door saying, let me be the loud voice in your life because I come bringing power. Here's a great question for you. Are you the loudest voice in your life? Controversial. I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of really wise people in this room, probably far wiser than me. But who of us is right all of the time? And the reality is none of us are right all the time. And that's why we're called to relationship. I love what it says here in Proverbs 18 verses 1 and 2. It says this, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding but in expressing his own heart. You see, if the loudest voice in your life is you, you're going to end up raging against all wisdom. Oh, no, no, I know what's best for me. Well, you probably don't. But when you get around people who love you and you start saying, I'm thinking about entering this relationship, I'm thinking about taking this business opportunity, I'm thinking about doing this with my time, what do you think? Then you get the counsel of many and it leads to straight paths. But what so often we love to do is withdraw from relationship and become wise in our own eyes. And the Bible's got so many things to say about that, yet I believe so many of us, even us here, think we know best. I know I've lived like that lots and possibly still wrestle with that. But the reality is when you get wise counsel from other people, it's just good. And if you're the loudest voice, I guarantee you, you're not right about everything. And where is that taking you? Wrestle with this stuff. Ask yourself those deep questions because it's going to take you somewhere good and it's worth the pause to wrestle with that. You'll all know the story of Abraham and Sarah. They were desperate, absolutely desperate to have a child. Abraham was 86 and he said to Sarah, this you know, this isn't happening, is it? And so what did they do? They became wise in their own eyes. They had a little chat amongst themselves. And they said, i tell you what, You go with Hagar, our maidservant, have a baby with her, and it'll be like our baby, and that'll work. Abraham, being male, thought, oh, let me think about that for a moment. (laughs) And he had a baby with Hagar, and they got Ishmael. The thing is, God was silent with them for 13 years after that. 13 years. And I believe this, I don't believe it was 13 years of judgment, because that's not the heart of the father. I believe it was 13 years of discipline. And in that time, all of this self-sufficiency, all of this I know best, all of this I'm the loudest voice in Abraham was challenged and brought down. And then God brought him to that place of now I can bless you. I always intended to give you this, but you went off on a wide one. And here's the fruit of it. Because you became wise in your own eyes. So at 99, along comes Isaac. And Isaac means one who makes you laugh. And that right there's the heart of the Father. I wonder how many of us have made huge decisions on our own because we're going to go there. And God's like, well, I love you enough to give you the free will choice to choose that. But actually, I now need to step back and allow you to be disciplined because you're going the wrong way now. And he brings you back. But the heart of the Father is always to take you to a place where you look back and it makes you laugh. Because the Father isn't into punishment, but he is into discipline. And we can choose that. Because good stuff comes from it. The good stuff comes there. So it begs more questions. What's your dream? What is your dream? What gets you excited? Where do you want to head? What do you want to be about? Lovely lady here, saying 79. Do you know what? What's the dream? Still things for you to do and achieve. Still lives to impact. What do you want to do? So what thought processes do you go on that? Maybe you're a younger person here, 20 or under. What's the dream? What's your five-year goal? What is it? Because if you drift, you'll go with the flow. But if you stop and say, what do I want to be about? When you get wise counsel, these are the gifts in my life. This is what God's given me. This is what floats my boat. This is what excites me. Go for that. And you will move forward into a great, great place who then should be the loud voice in the process? Because I think it's good to take a moment to think who's influencing me. And I've always said this, if you want to be a great golfer, who do you hang around with? Great golfers. If you want to be a great business person, who do you hang around with? Great business people. If you want to be a great leader, who do you hang around with? Great leaders. So what is it in your life you're thinking, that's where I want to go? And there's no right or wrong answer. But based on that, who are you going to give a voice to in your life? Me as a leader, I love it. I go up to to church once a month and I hang around with other leaders. and We wrestle through church and we ask each other, how are you doing? Who in your world can you actually sit down and go, I'm having a tough time? And then say to them, how are you doing? We need that stuff. We need good people in our life to help us forward together. Find someone in your world who can help you get where you need to go. Proverbs 27, 17 says this. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. That, what I'm describing right there, is right there in the Bible. You need to get around people who are going to sharpen your gift. So that when you go there, you are sharp as a tack. I believe God wants great people in every area of life. In government, in the health world, in the business world, Everywhere. But we need to be so sharp so that when we get there, we're not good at what we do. We're exceptional at what we do because it reflects the heart of the Father. But to do that, you need to get the right loud voices in your life. And that means stopping and thinking, okay, what's influencing me right now? Where's the noise? What's going to help me? What do I need to turn down a notch? And what do I need to turn up a notch? And it will mean you choosing some stuff, but you will go somewhere and it will be worth it. And I guess this all leads to this question. Is God's voice the loudest voice in your life? And I think that's absolutely key. You know, we know the story of Elijah. And there was Elijah and he was in a place in his life where he was full of fear. And he ran away from God and he hid in a cave. And there was all this noise. There was earthquakes. There was great wind. There was torrential rain. There was thunderstorms and lightning. There was all this noise. And then the word says, and the whisper of God came. And in amongst all the craziness of what's going on, I've never been in an earthquake, but I'm going to guess that's quite loud. You know, I've, I've been in some quite torrential storms, and they're loud, and they're like, whoa, not just rain, well, it's belting it down, so I can't even see this fire in front of me. All of that's going on. And then God says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And he's so tuned into God that the loudest noise in the midst of all of that Is the father? That's where I want to live. There is always going to be noise in my life. There's always going to be noise in your life. You'll always be pulled this way and that. But what's the loud voice? What's the voice that you're going to tune into because it's going to take you somewhere? Is God saying to you, "What are you doing here?" I wonder how many of us come to God and go, "God, why am I here?" And if God could be honest with us, he'd say, because five years ago you made that choice I never wanted you to make, and now you're reaping the fruit of that, and you're coming to me as if it's my fault. How about we stop right now so we don't make that choice again, and we get around some people who are going to sharpen us. We get around some people who are going to say, this is the voice of the Lord for you. How about we start searching his word, a novel idea, read the Bible. (laughs) Comes up with some amazing stuff, that word, you know. Speaks into my life, but it just takes a little bit of discipline. But the fruit, wow, the fruit takes you somewhere. And isn't that who you want to be? Isn't that who we want to be as a church? I love, you know, the way the word describes the fruit. I love Psalm 23. You're familiar with it. The Lord's my shepherd, he's the voice. Who knows the sheep tune into the shepherd? The Lord's my shepherd. I shall lack nothing that's the heart of the father he makes me lie lie down in pastures there's enough for me and i'm chilling in it he leads me beside still waters that's a place of peace see these are the things of the fruit of making god your loud voice that you're chilling where there's plenty and you're relaxed and it's good It goes on to say, doesn't it, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not going to do coolio, (laughs) that I'll be with you. So he's not promising your life's never going to have a dip, but he is promising he'll be there in the midst of the dip. And he's also promising you won't stay in the dip, but you'll come out of the dip. And I love that. And at the end of it all, he creates a table of life in front of all those people who doubted you. And you can say, because God was my loud voice. And he loves you and he loves you for it. I love that Jesus describes himself in John 10 as, I am the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus comes and says, I'm the shepherd. It's me. Let me be the voice. Because as I take you on a journey, I'm going to give you a lavish life through the ups and downs of it all. And when you look back at it all, it would be like a table was created for me in front of everyone who doubted me. And it's like, thank you, God. That's where I always wanted to be. So how about, can we choose tonight? Can we reflect tonight? Can we take a moment tonight to analyze what are the loud voices in my life now? What are the loud voices five years ago that are actually still affecting now? And maybe I need to invite Jesus into that, to help me walk out of that and into a place where I can see and hear clearly. What are the voices I want in my life? Who has God placed around me to help me, instruct me, teach me, cheer me on, stand with me? Because there are people. They're here. They're in your life even now. But will you give them the voice? That's the choice to make. I just ultimately believe that the fruit Of allowing God to be the loudest voice so outweighs everything else, it's almost a non decision. And so, as a senior pastor, my cry to the church is, Tune in to Him. My cry to anyone who would give me the time of day is, Turn down the things that you know are having a negative impact on your life. Turn them down. It's your choice, it's your life. And could the process of working that out mean that you get healthier? That you get hungrier for a bit more of the good stuff. That you become a better influence on the people around you. That heaven could flow better through your life on earth. And imagine putting that together as a church. What could we look like if we were tuning into the Father? Whose lives could we change? What homes could we build? How many people could we feed? How many people could be set free from what's holding them back? Because a gang of people said, I'm taking a moment to get real. To take my life by the scruff of the neck and go where the Father wants to take me. That's who I want to be. I just wonder if that's who you want to be. Because if it is, this place can't stay the same. Fully believe that. One of you'd stand and let me pray with you. Father God, I just thank you for every amazing person in this room. I thank you for the gifting in this room, so many great talents. Such a blessing to do life together. But Lord, we acknowledge that the reality is there's noises all around our life, some of which have influenced us, some of which have caused us to struggle. And so we take a moment, Father God, just to offer our lives back to you and say, help us, Father. Help us to wrestle out the things we've seen, the things we've heard that are influencing us negatively. Help us to turn the noise down. Lord, help us to be people who buy into relationship with those that can help us forward give us good voices in our life the encourager the wise person the one who's been there and knows the journey the friend that's going to laugh with us along the way Father, as a church, we want to say sorry for the times we've continually just bought into watching the wrong thing, listening to the wrong thing, and going with the flow. When you were always calling us out to live differently. Sorry, Father. But thank you that you want to come into our lives and walk with us. And empower us to step away from those things and to be holy, people set apart for you. Just with every eye close for a moment, I just want to give a few people an opportunity to respond if it's helpful. I just wonder if there's anyone here today who just really resonates with you that you've had negative influence, things you've seen, things that you've had spoken over you continually, and you know they're affecting you today. And you're saying, enough, I want that turned down because I want to move forward. You don't have to say what it is. but If that's you, just raise your hand because I'm going to pray with you. Bless you there, bless you there, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Bless you. Lots of people are so good. You can put your hands down if you'd find it helpful to chat to someone then please come and make yourself known because we'll pray with you but Lord for this moment I just lift up those people to you thank you that you have given us authority and we take that authority and we break the power of that negativity over these people in Jesus name and I encourage each of you to take a moment now to say I'm moving forward I'm tuning in, turning up the right voices and the right influences. I'm taking my life somewhere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you in advance for all you're going to do there. Lord, Jesus. Is there anyone tonight who, having come along, feels like, yeah, I need to get real with Jesus again? I need him to be the loudest voice in my life. And I know I've been drifting and tonight I want to get real about it. I want to have that experience of the Psalm 23 life. And I know I've been drifting. Is that you tonight? You want to say, Jesus, tonight I'm getting real with you. Be the loud voice in my life. Give me a wave. That's you. I'm going to pray with you. Bless you there. Bless you there. Bless you there. Bless you there. So good. You can put your hands down. Lord, you've seen these amazing people just responding, getting real with you. I know heaven celebrates. Bless you guys. I'm going to lift them up to you now, Lord God, because I know already their hearts are crying out to you. Meet them where they're at. Come in with your Father's heart and put your arms around them and say, I love you. We're going to do this together. But I urge you guys, continually make good choices now. Give him your ear. Look to him. He'll take you somewhere good. And if you let us as a church, we'll walk it out with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Good Jesus. Just take one more moment. I don't want to miss anything. I'm just going to pray a general prayer over the church over this pornography thing I'm not going to ask anyone to respond for all the obvious reasons if you feel like you'd want to talk to someone over that then we will be available but I believe there'll be lots of people in this room affected by that so Lord God you know the hearts in this room and we offer ourselves back to you Lord God and for everyone here who has struggled and wrestled and got themselves caught up in that arena Lord God we just say sorry sorry And we say, help us, Lord God. Help us to walk this one out, to turn that influence down in our life and turn up the light and the love and the kindness and the softness, the joy, the faithfulness. Turn those things up, Lord God. Let us look at the opposite sex through the eyes of romance and love and goodness. Help us, Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray today would be a day of victory for those people. That today would be a day where we say, Enough, I'm moving forward. Come on, church, in your heart, you don't have to respond so people see, but in your heart, saying, I'm getting real with this now, Jesus. He leads the church in victory. That's you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But Lord, in all of this, Lord, I just declare good things over your church. Hope, victory, testimony to say that had to be God. Expectation, faith, all of the good stuff, Lord God. That as we choose to tune into the right things, that our lives would go somewhere extraordinary. And that in all of it, Jesus, you'd be glorified. And all God's people said...